podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? It's your boy, uh, Don Antonio, uh, aka Troubles. For those who follow me on Twitter, you know about my coach speak at the moment. I'm in a good frame of mind. Um, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. We're here to uh, introduce another episode of the new Spurs order. And I have a duo um, who I reckon tonight will be more potent than Son and Kane in their prime. Uh, we're looking at something even more delightful than Keane and Berbatov, uh, maybe even Defoe and Crouch. So, Owen, talk to us. How are you doing, Baba? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Um, just fresh back off uh, rainy night in Brighton yesterday. And uh, just come to chop it up with you guys off the off the back of what was actually a pretty good evening. Yeah, good, good, good. It did turn out to be a good evening. We'll get into that in a, in a bit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Tops, have we got reason to be excited or in a good mood? What about you? What are you saying? Hey, man. You know how it goes with this team. Um, one week you get performance, another week you don't. One week someone scores, one week someone doesn't. At this point, I'm just here, brother. I'm just here, man. What can we say, you know? What can we say? Yeah. Good to be back for you, brothers. Um, yeah, got some games to get into, um, some performances to get into as well. So, yeah, let's, let's chop it up, man. Yeah, I think we're getting to that point in the season now where due to the form, you know, like like the title says, traffic like FC, um, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Um, it does seem to be that we're just here that so we don't get fined. Um and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the next few weeks pan out. Um, obviously, coming to what everyone else calls the business end of the season, um, it's not really that for us because we usually don't have much business to get on with post-March. Um, so I'm going to start with recapping the big game at the weekend. Uh, last time we played United, it was a comprehensive 3-0 uh, defeat, <clears throat> which was a win for us um, in the sense that it got us free from the shackles of Nuno Ball, and it got us into the ever-loving grasp of the madman, Antonio Conte. Um, what did you feel going into the United game, Tops? You know, did you feel any sense of confidence? You know, there's a, obviously a different manager to last time. They're not in the best of form. We know on their day they can be as bozoed as us. Um, what did you think? 
Yeah, if I'm honest with you, I went into it with confidence. I I, I genuinely did. I kind of feel like we perform a little bit better um, away from home, it seems, this season. Um, I kind of feel as well that uh, in games that are a bit chaotic, where we're not playing against a settled or like a low block or settled sort of, you know, um, team to break down, we generally kind of operate a bit better. Um, against United, who I just don't think are, are very good. I just don't think that they're a very good side. And most teams who go to who, who go to OT this season have left with Sutton. So I had every reason to kind of feel that Kane doing well at the moment, Ben Tanko back in the team, Kulu playing well, defence finally somewhat settled. Yeah, I, I had every reason to go into the game thinking it was a winnable game. And like I predicted as well, um, well, my pre-match prediction, I thought that we would, we would go there and win. I, I, I said 2-1, 3-1, that we would definitely score, definitely concede, but we would win the game. Interesting, that. I think you're, you're pointing to what I mentioned about us both teams having that bozo gene in it. You know, you're not going to bank your house on, a, on either team, but you know that both teams are capable of getting a goal. Um, it's just probably who makes the most mistakes. Um, is usually the one that loses. Owen, did you feel any sense of confidence uh, going into it? What was your prediction pre-match? I I wasn't as confident as uh, as tops going into it. I didn't think. Um, to me, even though we we looked like we made more structural improvements than them, our squad didn't seem as fractured as theirs. It's just the occasion that I didn't feel like we would rise to as such, but I was only quietly optimistic of a point. Um, generally, because even though I thought we'd probably be more liable to make mistakes, we could probably outplay them um, in their own stadium, even in their own stadium. And uh, like Tops touched upon, there was obviously several good results from a bunch of teams that have played at Old Trafford recently. Um most recently Watford. So, yeah, I only really had um, a bit of quiet optimism for for a point based on that. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's the thing, you know. You go back to the days of Fergie, you know, for those of us old enough to, to remember um, <laughs> when, you know, lads, it's Tottenham, you know. Um, there, there were certain grounds in, in English football that are our fortresses, you know, because of the status of the team involved. Thing about United at Old Trafford. Um, you can even say Highbury was similar. Um, Anfield has that kind of mystique. Um, and then you have the tricky away grounds like St. James Park, where you know if the crowd get up, up for it, you know, Goodison, if the crowd get up for it, you're in for a tough day if it's not going your way. Um, they can get quite, you know, feral in their support uh, for their home team. Um, but like like you said, you know, they, they are in a poor run of form overall. Um Ronaldo has been in and out of the team. I think he's only got you know three or four goals in in the past ten games. Um, obviously, we know he ended up getting three against us, three out of those four. Um, so he, he's he's been in and out of form. Obviously, the likes of Sancho's he's kind of bubbling, but the whole team didn't have any collective identity. Whereas us, we came off the back of uh, the five nil thumping um, of Everton at home. Um, should should this been the, the, been a banker? What is what is this bozo thing that we can't shift tops? Where where do you place it? Is it a collective thing? Is it just individuals? Is it, is it you know, can we point to the manager maybe? 
Where can we put it? Um, I'm putting it on the players. I really do feel that like it's just random moments, or it seems like consistent moments of a lack of concentration. Moments that you need to keep yourself mentally sort of at a, at a stableish point. You know, maybe you're not there or you are there. I don't know. I, I just don't know, man. Like it's okay for the first goal. That's a that's a worldie from Ronaldo. I can get over that. The second goal, we're just back in the game, in, in a game that we've been keeping the best possession, creating the most chances, having the better chances. You've just scored. Take a moment to to relax, to bring your, your emotional level down, to, to remember that you need to keep concentrated and get back into the game. A moment later, we have a period of play on our right-hand side, lose the ball. Doherty has no idea where Sancho is. Reg uh, Dyer and Romero, Dyer and Davies move up so quickly. Re uh, Regalon doesn't even react quickly to move up with them. Ball goes over the top. It's a tap in for Ronaldo. Simple things like that. Even in for the, even for the third goal, I just want Romero. If he's gonna stay with Ronaldo, stay with him. He doesn't stay with him in that corner. If Doherty's gonna then have to challenge. Give a challenge. He doesn't challenge. Ronaldo reaches that header without anyone trying to stop him. Almost dunks on Doherty's head. We lose the game 3-2, in which was a winnable game. A game we had the most chances, the most amount of possession, the higher amount of XGs. Like games like this, we lose because of small errors of like of concentration. Look at the game against Burnley. The header that Romero should have won. He didn't. He, he lost out on that. Look at the errors that we made. The Larice errors that we made against Wolves. We've messed around with that. Look at look at a goal error that David gave away in the first half against Southampton. Like, I mean, we can keep talking about a collective thing for the team, but I just want players to be switched on all the time. You find that the top teams don't concede the goals unless they're well made goals. If they concede the goals, you can accept it because you're like, fine, that was a very well placed goal. But Liverpool don't give 100 mistakes away a season. City certainly don't give 100 mistakes away a season. Chelsea, for, all, for as decent a defence they have, don't give that many mistakes away. Why is it that we have to have players who just can't concentrate for more than 40 minutes, for more than 20 minutes, or even for even 15 minutes, key 15 minutes in games? Players can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You just described the goals and it made me think about um, if I'm doing a scouting report, you know, going into my coaching bag on Ronaldo, um, <clears throat> we all know he's got one of the fiercest shots out there. You know, you can really lace it. So what does Dyer do? Gives him space to take that shot. Um, he's, his latter part of his career, definitely, you know, his goal-scoring prowess is largely predicated on his movement, quick movement in and around the box, gets into those tight spaces and, and can finish. Second goal, we let him do that. And then we also know he's one of the best leap. He has one of the best leaps in world football, and he he's a great header of the ball. So we give him the third. It's it's ridiculous that it's almost like none of our defenders run uh, uh, or read the scouting report on him. Um, oh, and as the game evolved and and obviously ended up being a three-two loss. Um, what was your feelings as it was going on? Did you at, at what point did you stop feeling confident? Um, was it when that first goal went in and you thought maybe today is just not our day? What was it for you? Um, no, to be honest, I thought I was 
I wasn't mad at the first goal going in as such, even though um, I agree that Dyer obviously could have done better, given that he can't dribble or necessarily even pass that well. You can just shut off the angle a bit more. Um, but even just before the first goal, it looked like we were being brave in our patterns of play. We were looking to move the ball quickly and still arrive um, on the edge of Man United's box with regularity. So I thought if anyone was going to score, it was probably going to be us. Um, so when they got their goal and we continued to play in that way, but with a bit more urgency, I was like, OK, um, I don't mind this as long as we don't make another mistake. It didn't seem like we were necessarily creating that many kind of clear chances, if any, even though um, we were being brave with our combinations of play, we were moving the ball quickly, we were pushing players up. Um, but I think I'm, I'm a big believer in that you make your own luck and Kulisevsky did really well to work the, the ball on the right to win the penalty and I thought, okay, Kane's going to put this away and we'll go on to finish the half strongly, if not maybe even take the lead. Um, which is why the second goal was the most frustrating thing um, for me. Obviously, you touched upon it um, then as well. I think Regulon being that deep in the first place while the ball was out on the right-hand side, our right-hand side, um, as a wing-back on the opposite side of play, with the ball being that deep, I don't know why he was that deep in the first place. But, um, yeah, the miscommunication was uh was evident funnily enough like just before the ball was played i could see regulon looking over at ben davis ben davis went to say something to him then the ball went over and everyone just reacted um incredibly late <sighs> cool goal goes in we see out the half we still continue to be to play our football everyone at half time was kind of echoing the same sentiments like, okay we're playing well we look that stronger team if we continue being brave and playing in this way then you know we, we'll probably get a point out of this if not maybe even nick it and of course so that stat came up at half time as like ah the amount of games man united have lost while leading at half time at old trafford is uh is zero so that's when I began to like look at myself a little bit like, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, it will just be a point, which is as per my predictions, so I can be kind of all Oracle-ish at the end. Because um, I did initially predict a 2-2. So cool. I was looking for us to continue to be brave in the second half. And what it looked like to me in the first, even like 10, 15 minutes, of that second half. It reminded me of when we played Burnley away. And um, it, obviously Man United just kind of started from their shape from a bit deeper, looked to just shackle Kane and cut off quite a lot of our play. We were moving the ball really slowly. We weren't being brave in attacking spaces when they did actually appear. Um, obviously with the spaces occurring fewer and far between with United being deeper. And when we did get it into these spaces, eventually through Doherty and mainly regular, we, we just couldn't use it. We looked like we were spamming in crosses blind. Um, we were having possession for possession's sake. Um, Regulon was particularly poor. Um, for whatever reason, and I don't know if this was by design or not, um, and I don't know why he was so fearful as well, because he was up against Dallow. He's not 
going to be at danger of being scissored by Wambasaka. Pause. Um, but yeah, I don't know why he kept on coming in on his right foot. That that scared me because every time he'd done that, the move would break down. Every single time, it it would just lose that snap. Every everyone just seemed to stop, and it would just go in the middle. They'd clear it. Um, human son as well. Um, I. I don't know what was going on with, with his boots. I thought he looked quite sharp in the first half. He didn't actually have any kind of decisive moments per se, but he looked like he could actually have been quite useful. He even took on a few uh, plays in the first half, got past them, which is not something we're used to seeing from, from this version of some. But in the second half, he just kept on slipping over. And if he didn't slip over, he would just give it away. Um, so while Regulon and Son weren't having the best of games, United could just concentrate on shackling Kane. And honestly, it didn't look like we were going to score. Uh, I didn't feel a goal coming at all. I didn't feel a goal coming. It looked like United had just essentially seen the blueprint of how to beat us, just kind of force the ball into Kane, shackle him, put numbers around him. And um, they looked comfortable. And from, yeah, even the start of the second half, I didn't feel confident at all. Yeah, it's interesting you said that. Um, <clears throat> Tox, I want to come to you on this. Is is this wing-back situation going to kill us? Is it going to just kill us for us? As well? Because, you know, like we, you mentioned Reguilon going back in on his right foot. Um, we all know Conte's system. It works by prioritising width. You know, you've got to get out wide. Um, not necessarily the chalk on your boots, but, but take him out on the wing. You know, from from an advantageous position for yourself on your stronger foot, cutting in ain't gonna do it. You know, unless it's, I mean, we see it sometimes on the right. You know, um, Mr. Matthew he he cuts in, and then you have Romero going around the outside. You know, when that works, that that's been a little um, thing I've noticed in the in the past couple of games. But generally speaking, to have fifty seven percent possession, and I can't remember really creating much from some of these crosses. No, um, interesting you say that 57% possession didn't have a shot on, on target in the second half. Um, I, I don't know, like lots of different issues we seem to have as a team, um, because we obviously were trying to implement this style of, for Conte, but then again, there's so many different things about the way our squad is sort of made up at the moment that doesn't it's not conducive to how he wants us to play, you know. The central midfield is another issue. We know that we've now got a better technical player, someone like Ben Tunker, Skip comes back, maybe that might fix itself. But again, you look at the way Conte plays, using the fullbacks, how he relies on the fullbacks to constantly get forward, to constantly hug the line, to constantly provide an attacking outlet whereby you constantly are overloading so that you can you can allow your attacking players to move into the final into the final third or into the central third. Those guys that we have at the moment are not good enough. I, I can't keep saying this. And I don't know, maybe I'm going to keep saying it until people mm -hmm. think I'm talking rubbish. But I just can't keep saying how poor the current current guys we have are at the moment. We're looking at Regulon. Left-footed. I'm looking at Cresswell. I'm looking at Robertson. I'm looking at Chilwell. Guys who are adept with left foot. Not even the quickest but they're very good at what they do on that left-hand side. The one person who maybe comes inside a bit is Robertson. But Regulon, I just want him to take on his fullback. You have had moments where you've been good enough 
to cross into the far post of Kane or to do a low cross into the into the near post. The guy can't seem to do anything at the moment. Everything he seemed to do on that day against against United just didn't work. And there were moments yesterday again when I watched him against Brighton that I just thought not good enough, not good enough. And I just don't know what sort of what sort of funk he's got himself into. Like I'm not sure. Is it because he's getting used to playing um, left wing back at the moment? I'm not particularly sure. But I just need to see him improve because at this point, if the money came in for Madrid and he was he was to head back, I wouldn't get I wouldn't be mad at it. Mm. I wouldn't be mad at it. I'm not going to bother speaking about Chicken Royale and and number four. Num, num, I'm not going to speak about. Sorry, number two. I'm not going to speak about them because everyone knows my level on those guys. They're absolute bums. We're going to get nowhere with them. So until we kind of get them out, that's another issue in itself. Regulon, I'm trying to give him some hope. I really am. Like you know, I said some strong things about him yesterday in the chat. But that's how that's how that's how I feel. I mean, I look at the way he, like Conte's gone from. I know it's difference in quality, but he's gone from literal Hakimi and Perisic to Chicken Royale, number two, Ryan Suspect and regular Don. Do me a favour. I, I, I literally don't understand where he's supposed to go with these guys. Where? Where? Tell me. It's a tough one. <coughs> it's a tough one. Maybe it is even a surprise that we've even had some of the positive results we have had. Um, so like I said, 57% possession, uh, 10 shots, three, only three shots on target, and none of those shots on target came in the second half. Um, they did kind of shut up shop, even though we got um, <clears throat> pulled on back through uh, the inevitable Harry Maguire mistake. Um, but then obviously five, six, seven minutes later, um, we let Ronaldo have a free, pretty much a free header um, in his terms in our box. And we lose 3-2. Um, that, that continued to run. Okay, continued to run, which has surfaced now on social media. I think this is probably the most exciting thing that came out of the club or about the club. Um over the past few days, is this stat? Um, what was that stat? I mean, a picture, meme, probably. Um, win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. I did a little bit of research, and I believe the last time we actually won two games back to back in all comps, okay, that must be said in all comps, is early Feb. I believe it was the 5th of February, okay? It is now what? The 17th of March. That's six weeks of. Red, <laughs> green, red, green, red, green. Okay. We have a situation here on our hands where we cannot trust which team is going to turn up from one game to the next. Um, by default, by the Lords, we should realize um, we maybe we should expect a loss. Um, we might beat Everton Leeds back to back, but we also had, didn't we lose um, the, there was a game in between that, I believe. Um, but yeah, anyway, we, we've been shocking for the most part. Um, over the past six weeks. Owen, we've got a settled lineup. Why is this happening? What is can we not play two games a week? Well, to play that to play two games a week, you can you can compensate fatigue, mental and physical fatigue with, with quality in the team and um with a good coaching structure. But um well we've still almost in a bit of a teething period with with Conte with players still getting used to how he wants to play um in particular son but yeah um in three months for some what? reason like the bozo genes just still just still there um I've seen improvements on the fence but still it's 
for whatever reason, we've just not been consistent enough. Maybe it's through through mental fatigue, it's through lack of quality in the team, and through um, still a bit of a lack of familiarity with Conte's system and the bravery to be able to play it uh, every few days. Um, I don't buy into the excuse that um, that Conte only likes to to play ideally once a week because he you know he wants to be out on the training pitch etc cetera, etc cetera, because we've dropped points to really against teams who we we should really be doing a lot better against at least drawing let alone winning um let's see we've got in the comments we lost to middlesbrough in between that and they're in they're a team in the division below so like, yeah, yeah that's, that tells you you need to know in a sense because we we were largely unchanged for for that game as well but yeah, it's a multitude of those factors, but I think um, the root cause is we just have a lack of general quality throughout the squad. And um, at the moment, we are relying a lot on on Harry Kane, who his um, his physical condition has hasn't deteriorated a lot, but I think it has deteriorated to a point where he's not sharp enough to play. Um, he's not so much exhausted, but he just isn't his sharpest when he's playing twice a week, especially him having uh, no backup to him or no one that can play up top with him uh, at the moment. Yeah, well, we've seen this before uh, with, with, with Kane. Any time he comes off a, um, a tournament in the summer, um, we know what it's like. Comes off a tournament in the summer and he struggles by January, February. You know, he's, he's pretty gassed uh, physically. Um, he himself would like to have a bit more of a pre-season. I mean, obviously, last um, last pre-season was disrupted even more so with all the transfer rumours and all that kind of stuff. So the physical element, I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised. But at the same time, you know, we should know this. We should be able to go and get a striker who can, you know, give him some competition, one, or even just we can say to him, right, take a couple games. You know, he doesn't have to play those um, Bozo midweek games in the ECL, um, you know, before Christmas, doesn't have to play against Middlesbrough, doesn't have to play those games because we've got a backup striker who's competent enough to lead the line. Um, Obviously, we know what our board is like. We haven't made that decision um, and we keep waiting for Scarlett to get off the bench um, and see what he can do. So, we obviously, uh, the, the, the run continued um, like I said, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Um, indeed, thank you for the fact check in the comments. Um, in between the Everton and Leeds games, we did also lose the Middlesbrough. So like I said, in all comps, we have been hit and miss since um, early Feb. So now we move on to Brighton. And by the laws and the statistics and the memes, we should therefore have expected a win. But we know what Brighton are like. They're, they're a good team. They're at home. Doesn't matter what their run is. I think they'd actually lost five games on the, on the bounce. Um, but they are a team that turn up against bigger sides. Um, they play a good style of football. Well, good enough for Owen to be a massive uh, Don Potter fan. Um, but what were we expecting, guys, going into that Brighton game? Were we just going to lick our wounds? For me, it was a midweek game. I was a bit nervous about that. You know, again, I don't think our team can play, you know, those two games a week is going to kill us. Um, we're confident. Owen, I'll start with you. I know you went down to the Amex um, to watch the boys. 
Mm. Um, no, I wasn't. Um, yeah, I, I thought we would, um, again, probably draw that game at most. I saw the gap between the games being only four days, I think it was, and I I, I expected us to be unchanged again. So, yeah, I was only expecting a draw out of that one from uh, from an unchanged lineup. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Tops, what about yourself? You know, another unchanged lineup for the, maybe the fourth or fifth game in the road since Benteke has come back. We can now pretty much predict. We know Chicken Royale probably won't ever touch the pitch again, um, apart from little cameos here and there. Um, Bergwijn seems to be facing to this 86 minute. Um, can you do what you did against Leicester role? Um, it, were we wrong to expect anything positive from this game? No, we weren't wrong to expect anything positive. Like, I mean, Brighton is one of these teams, you know, kind of like the Everton's and Leeds who, whilst they've got something to fight for, the season's kind of sort of petering out and they can't seem to get any form. Um, so I, I kind of was in the mindset that we're probably going to get a result against quite a poor side. And in the end, yeah, um, it kind of went in kind of how I thought it would. Um, I think we had something like... 17 shots and five or six on target they had 12 shots none on target ah, yeah that's just yeah. another that's just another poor sort of premise premier league performance from brighton um yeah it's interesting that like you said you know we had 17 shots seven on target and they had 15 in total again like you said none on target um i think the one thing for me going into that game i'm thinking okay right it's, it's, and i saw their lineup as well they don't have anyone who can put the ball in the back of the net Mm-hmm. You know, and they didn't have the X factor of a Lamptey. I know Cucurella is doing well for them, um, but I, I probably would fear Lamptey more just in terms of running at our wing, our wing backs, and, and giving them something to think about cutting in maybe on on the Davies or whoever was on that side. I don't know, you know, whichever side he was on. Um, but they didn't have that on on the pitch to start, um, and even when they brought someone off the bench, they brought Welbeck off the bench. Who, let's be honest, we're not really scared of. No one has ever really been scared of. Um, so I think that was the only reason why I had some confidence, but it was important that we made a strong start. Um, and, and Harry Kane first four or five minutes, uh, does well to pressure Sanchez, um, gets through on goal, open goal, left foot, but that, that shouldn't matter to a man of his caliber. And he completely shanks it. Did you think at that point tops that it just wasn't going to be our day? Nah, do you know what? I actually was of the opposite. I was like, is this is this is is this what these men are on? Yeah, man, it, it could be a rollover tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking, man. I, I thought, hey, listen, man, you know, wet and windy down in Brighton by the coast. Um, Spurs, I think even from our first attack, we even we even managed to create something as well. And I thought, ah, it could be a long night for Brighton. This this could be ours. And yeah, it kind of was. I mean. To be fair, a player of Kane's caliber, he should be playing that way. It was a bad miss, but again, you know, he's still gonna get, he's still gonna get his chances. I think he had like five shots, four on target in the end. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he, we 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 know he's one of them players that you know he may miss that in the second minute and score in the eighty eighth to win you the game. Um, Owen, you were there, you were there. Um, I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. you were sitting with the Spurs lot. <clears throat> I was, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what was the away support like? You know, 
after seeing us in obviously two away games back to back on opposite ends of the country, um, Old Trafford followed by the Amex, um, <clears throat> completely different, more humble surroundings. What was what was it like for you being part of the away crowd? Was there was there a general buzz before the game? Lineups announced? Did you feel like everyone was definitely behind the side, or was it a bit of disgruntledness because <clears> of <throat> win one, lose one for so long? Do you know what? Um, I don't know if this was aided by uh, the quiet nature of the the Brighton fans, but they were in good voice. To be fair, um, they were in good voice. Um, Few songs about Sol Campbell. I didn't expect that, but um, but yeah, fair enough. Each of their as own. I feel like we need case. to get over him a bit. It's a bad ex-girlfriend, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it was my first away game actually. So in the Spurs end, anyway. So I wasn't sure what to expect. Yeah, but constantly fans standing for the whole game, singing for practically the whole game. Um, and yeah, we we seemed confident, and it it funny enough, while I wasn't confident going into the game, it seemed to translate on the pitch, which is might it might be why um, we tend to perform a little bit better away from home because uh, maybe maybe at home sometimes uh, the atmosphere might not be as um, as rowdy, you could even say, but. Um, yeah, we managed to actually start on the front foot because I half expected us with um, with the lack of energy levels to invite them onto us a little bit. But we were on the front foot. We were brave. Um, Bentancur, um, especially. So seeing this up close, I was freaking out a little bit. Just seeing him take the ball in such deep, deep positions under pressure constantly and being able to still uh, worm his way out of pressure or work the ball to to a teammate was um was really really good to watch to be fair um Huivia did pretty well as well to be fair um you could tell we were being braver when uh, we're pushing on uh, Romero and well, Romero and Ben Davis took it upon themselves to constantly uh try and get up with the midfield make the numbers up to help us sustain pressure Brighton's attack is feeble to be fair so you can add a bit of tax to that that's fine but I was impressed by how we were able to sustain pressure and keep on keep the play ticking over. Uh, I thought even regular, like I put the lights on regular a bit for that first half as well because I wanted to see a different performance from him. But I actually thought he had a good first half. Um, again, Brighton tax, but he he had the beating of Solly March and Veltman pretty early on. Kept the width, kept on going down the line. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. And funnily enough, I was I was that excited about being um ahead of the game for once. I was obviously live there yeah. and everyone else was on streams. So I, I was I literally had a message typed out saying we're sustaining pressure really well. I think a goal's fully coming soon. Finished typing out that message, looked up, we've worked the ball on the left, Kulizevsky's had the shot, and it's come off Romero. And uh, gone in the bottom corner, so I just deleted that and just said, "Yep, goal, bow, whatever it was." Um, <laughs> and yeah, lo and behold, like you, you could feel the goal coming while you were there. Um, so for sure, confidence grew um, as the as the half went on. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just for context, yeah, it was good to have Owen uh, finally watching the game almost well in real time, obviously. Um, as opposed to two minutes behind him and Yao have a competition every every week to see who can be who can do their best impression of AOL. He's got the worst stream. 
Um, yeah, I think Yao does find the worst streams ever. Probably why he's in such a bad mood every week. Um, but yeah, it's, it was interesting to see how the game panned out. I think it got to a point, I think I just I kind of felt comfortable. I, I didn't see them really doing anything um, to, to kind of overturn the deficit. Um, as ever, as, as in the FA Cup game we played against them, you know, second half, they started well. Um, mm. and they're trying to, put, you know, get some momentum back. The likes of Basuma's getting on the ball. Um, who else do they have in their midfield? It was Basuma and, is it Gross? McAllister, Trossard. Um, you know, they're, they're all involved. Um, but then we hit them on the break and Kane scores a lovely goal, but a harder left-footed goal um, to score, but, you know, makes amends for his earlier miss, um, as expected. A comment came in here, um, we will get on to Son in a minute, but how many league goals do we reckon Harry Kane's going to finish with? He's on 12 at the moment. Um, he's on 12 at the moment. Uh, we've got a comment here. Go get, go get. How many? How many do we reckon... He's going to finish with tops. I, mm. I think I, I said it in the group as well earlier on. Uh, I think once he gets going, I think he can get 20 uh, this season. Uh, I don't think it's out of his reach. Um, he's I think he's got seven and five last five as well. Um, you know what Kane's like in terms of his goal conversion. Um, and he likes to get a brace here and there as well uh, with games that I think he's absolutely capable of doing so um, coming up. Um, he likes scoring against West Ham. He always generally scores against Villa. Um, I kind of feel like, like 20 would be a decent number for him. And, you know, it wouldn't be surprising me. It wouldn't surprise me if he was able to get there. I think Tobes said something like 16, 17. Yeah. Um, because he had such a poor start. But uh, at this point, I'll take anything from Kane um, in terms of goals. Just want to just get us as close as we can to, to that top four, really. Yeah, it's interesting. We've got, what, 10 games left. Um, he's on 12 to 8 in 10. It's not beyond him. We've seen him go on those late-season runs. Um, and I think we've got Leicester coming up at some point, And we know what he's like against Leicester. Um, I think he scored, like, three in one game. Uh, the 5-4 Rowdy game. Him and Vardy having a bit of a competition to see who, um, who's the best Alan Shearer impersonator. Um, Owen, would you reckon how many, how many goals do you reckon Kane's getting in the league? Yeah, no, I was thinking um, while you were asking Tops that question, maybe 18. And then I remember the run of fixtures we've got going, uh, we've got coming up. And crucially, we are only playing once a week now from here to the end, I think. So, Until the yeah, last it's game. definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there you go. He loves scoring in that as well. So, yeah, for sure, uh, in between 20 and 22. I don't like saying odd numbers, so I'll stick in that bracket for sure. <laughs> Bit of superstition there from the main guy. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's see. I mean, obviously, it will be his goals that will get us, you know, any sort of consistency in the league. Um, hopefully, we can break the um, on and off curse um, that we've been under for the past six weeks with a win against West Ham. Before we get onto that, though, I think Tops has a special um, announcement to make about Hongmin Son. Um, talk to me, my friend, because I'm seeing the comments here that Bergwijn should start. I'm seeing what were you saying? Talk to me. Oh man, Owen, Owen, see, I started <laughs> last week, I started last week, and I and I said to you, you need to watch this guy, you need to put the lights on this guy because I, man, I, to be fair, what I'll say, I didn't disagree with you per se, but. 
from what I noticed in the first half against Brighton is what I wanted to see of him more where he would just kind of stay further out the pitch and be a focal point. And I didn't think he had a bad first half at all. I'd even go as far to say he had a good first half purely because he didn't make any, he didn't have any bozo moments in attack. He just kind of get the ball, keep it flowing. He was involved in the first goal as well. So, um, but yeah, second half uh, was not good. And um for some reason, he just started a lot deeper than he was in the first half. Starting position was always near kind of left wing back. So, yeah, um, I'll let you continue on. Yeah, I was just about to hey, say, hey, for, for any, any regular the listeners thing. already know that Owen has um, Danny Rose tinted glasses. So, um, let's go to top four. <laughs> 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 hey, okay, hey. First of, That's first a new of saying. Back. I like that. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you first off the bat. Like... 25 games, 11 goals, 6 assists. He's putting up fairly decent numbers in terms of the way the season's gone. I think after him, the next top score is like own goals, apparently, in, in our team. So right now, I can't, I can't really fault him in terms of his output, right? However, Purple Patch Sun is moving like Desert Sun. He's moving like Open Field Sun. He can't seem to do anything right. And what's frustrating me right now about this guy is that, like, because this guy will smile a little bit, he'll be emotional, he'll give the fans exactly what they want to hear, people won't call him out on it. But this sort of behaviour in this current team, I don't think, I just don't think it's good enough. I just don't think it's good enough. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you this. I look at someone like Kulusevsky, right? He's coming to the team. Kulusevsky is fairly versatile. He's very good, you know, almost in the way that he's able to kind of be able to wait, take on players, open up sort of settled defences. He's quite good at coming deep. He's quite good at receiving the ball in tight spaces. He's not a bad one-on-one player. All of these things that I'm seeing on the right side, Sun is doing the absolute opposite. He's not good at receiving the ball to feet because he's not that great. He's not that great in terms of sometimes he has this dodgy touch. He doesn't like playing against his settled defence where he should be wide and he should be getting in behind because that's where he is best performed. Whilst he is explosive, he doesn't really know how to use his, his body well to protect the ball. So when you find him in those half spaces, the minute he's got any sort of lazy, lazy touch, man are shifting him. And I'm finding that he's just digging and digging and digging himself into worse and worse form. It's so frustrating as well because the way that we work our automations, it will go from Romero to Dyer, Dyer to Davies, Davies to Reggie, Reggie to Son. And because Son is not competent at doing any progressing of the ball in that half space, he just pops it back to Dyer or pops it back to Bentan and then the whole thing fucking starts again. I just don't, at this point, I just don't see the point. And I just feel that maybe Conte needs to also look at it and think that actually I'm not really getting the best out of this guy. I'm not really getting the Son that is going to hurt teams, the guy who's going to take guys one-on-one, who's going to hug the, who's going to hug that left touch line, who's going to get him behind. And it's kind of, it's like, it's like almost frustrating because it's like, yeah, he is giving us some goals and assists in some important moments. Fine, I absolutely, I'll, I'll absolutely hold on to that. But some of the disaster class, some of the stinkers that this guy has put on, it's in the, his form's in the depths of hell right now. It's absolutely in the depths of hell. And it's frustrating as well because, the system is the system. Conte knows exactly how to get the best out of the system. But why can't he see that right now, 
Son is not the guy to come deep and receive the ball. He's not the guy to come and show for the ball because his touch is going to get exposed. His strength is going to get exposed. Even from then when we were playing him as like the striker when Kane was injured, I always used to say, this guy cannot play with his back to goal. And you're having him in moments where all of these like in inequalities in his game is just being exposed. I like Son. You know, I think he's been such a good servant. But I think right now he needs to hold the bench expeditiously. Expeditiously needs to hold the bench. Can I play devil's advocate for, for just one one second? I, I agree with pretty much everything that Top said anyway. And for sure, I could have Danny Rose tinted glasses. I'll, I'll be talking to Daniel about that as well. But there, um, what you alluded to there in terms of what Sun can be good at. And is there an argument that Antonio Conte is misusing him and just not seeing what he should be good at? And perhaps, like you mentioned with the automation, like it'll go from Reggie to Sun breakdown. Could it not just be from Reggie to Kane to Sun or just keeping Sun generally up as more of a focal point because he doesn't need to drop deeper with Kane coming deeper with um, Kulisevsky coming in a bit deeper at times as well. So yeah. How much of that would you put onto Conte? Because we, I think out of, um, out of Nuno, even out of Nuno, Pochettino and Mourinho, I can't I can't remember him playing worse than this in terms of general play than I have than I've been seeing him now under Conte. Agreed, agreed. I mean, uh, yeah, to an extent, you can ask Conte to maybe to somewhat adjust the system, but then as well, like I think sometimes it's also on the player to be able to accept what you're good at and what you're not and what you're not good at. Like he hasn't been someone that's ever been been like sort of competent in progressing play or receiving the ball in tight spaces where we always know that his best qualities reside or when he's taking a player one-on-one, when he's out wide or he's getting in behind. I mean, if you're looking at it from Conte's perspective, he probably just wants to feed him into the team because he's a player of quality. I mean, at the end of the day, he's not going to he's not gonna not start him because of uh, Lucas Moura or, or Bergwijn. At this point, it would, that would be silly because of his, because of his, his goal contribution in terms... I know... Sometimes I don't like using that term, you know, goal contribution in terms of G, goals and assists. But at the, at this point, that's really all he's given us. And even then, it's not every single game. I, I definitely feel it needs to be looked at. Like, uh, at this point, when he was playing like the 3-5-2, that kind of worked because it meant that if Kane came in and dropped, then someone would be the man over the top. And then you often find as well that in the last few games when we've been taking Son off, we offer no, no danger to teams going in behind. No danger going in teams behind. I went to the game against Everton where we were very, very good in parts of the game. And the minute Sun come off, we were having nothing going in behind. No runners. The wingbacks weren't doing so. Burge wasn't doing so. We know that Kulu definitely doesn't do that. And Kane is always dropping in deep. So it's either we, are, we either play towards his strengths or he has to accept that if he's not going to play in this way, he might have to maybe come off because like even for the first time in ages as well, I'm seeing Son come off at like the 60th minute, 70th minute because he's having zero to no impact in the game. Yeah. As a Tottenham fan in the last six, seven years I've seen him play, I'm not used to that. But it's not as if what I'm saying, it's not justified. He's coming, he's playing in games and he's poor. He's playing poorly. And I just don't, I just think that we should just call it what it is. I mean, while people are going to be like, yeah, Son's done this and Son's done that. It's, at this point, we need absolutely everything. We need to basically squeeze the juice out of absolutely everything we can to push ourselves up into the you know, up into the get up into like 
the higher points of the, of the league. And that game against against Brighton, that could have been a 3-4-5-0 game. But in yeah. the end, it was, it was a 2-0 game. And lots of chances were broken down. Well, chances were missed by players like Regulon and Kane and blah, blah, blah. But lots of attacks, clear attacks, were broken down because of Sun. Mm. Yeah, I think at the Everton game, I noticed, and I said this to my dad, who was at the game with me, shout out, Pops, um, that he just wasn't, like, he's not scanning before he receives the ball. So he receives the ball and then you know, two guys will close down on him. Yes, he got the whole, you know, someone should shout a man on or someone should tell him or whatever. But he, he doesn't know what he's doing with the ball before he gets it, um, it appears. And he, he lost that, that you know, speed of thought that we're used to seeing from him um, in his better moments. It is a worry um, because it does kind of make us even more one-dimensional and, one, and more reliant on Kane. Um, and it seems like if it's not Kane dropping deep into the long ball to, to Son, we're not getting anything out of him. Could it be the system? We'll see. Um, not quite um, enthused by the options. Um, if we do drop him... No, um, no, I'm not enthused at all. At we've got all. West Ham coming up. Uh, we know Bergwijn likes playing against West Ham, but I don't trust him to do it twice in a row. Um, Lucas Moura, who's even more limited than Son will be in the system and will big, big often, often no whip at all. And like you said, yeah, big bozo. Um, tough times out there. Tough times out there. We're going to have to just stick with it and, and, you know, hopefully he finds some sort of pathway over the next 10 games um, in the league. Um, so let's talk about the game coming up. West Ham. Um, it's obviously their biggest game of the season, as ever. Um, I've had a few West Ham fans today at work uh, giving me a bit of jib about Antonio and his, his his goal celebrations. Obviously, I think they were the first team to beat us at the new stadium. Um, something they've got printed on T-shirts. Um, I'm not joking. I have seen a man with a T-shirt on it um, up in Stratford. Um, so, should we be wary of them? They're, they're obviously in and around us. Um, we're on the same points, I think, the same amount of points. Um, but this is a game at home, you know. Should we let? Should 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 they really be able to come in and, and take three points from us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Simply yes. I think from general play, um, we should, I mean we've all been. We went to the. We all seem to went go to that Carabao Cup game where we played them at home. They didn't have Antonio, and we we dominated most of the play. I expect us to do that again, but they're set pieces, man. Um, mm. especially with Antonio back and where we've faltered at home in recent, more recent games, it's been from either crosses or set pieces. Like it's Burnley, Southampton and Wolves. There was crosses that went from right to left and would end up in a goal almost every time. Um, if they don't do that or at least try doing that, um, then I'll be very surprised. I can't, I can't even lie. I'm not even confident for this game either. But um, if I was to do a quick score prediction, uh, on top of that, I think we'll keep an unchanged team again and we might win 3-2. Wow. So you reckon there's going to be a... Well, we're not keeping a clean sheet. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we know that. I've got to say as well, like we, we defended very well against Brighton, don't get me wrong. Like, as a collective unit, I never felt like we were in danger. So having that set back through with Dyer back, especially, has been... It's been um, pleasantly surprising, to be honest, especially with Dyer being so heavily relied on now. 
Um, not good enough for the England squad, but fair enough. Um, not mad at that, as long as he's able to continue performing against West Ham. And um, me giving him his flowers doesn't make him play shit. Like, whenever we seem to ever give any of our players flowers, they tend to just stomp them out and kill them on the floor. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel safe with the settled back three, but uh, I still don't see us keeping a clean sheet. I just yeah, wanted to I quickly think... give our play, like some of our players, a few flowers. Though we just we just can't defend set pieces. Noted, yeah. noted, 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 noted. Yeah, I mean yeah. They, they've <laughs> they've lost three out of four. Um, obviously they're playing tonight. They're doing the old Thursday Sunday um, situation, which we know very well. Um, it all looks good. And it's it's all well well and good when you're in November, you know maybe October times, but now it's March, and we've got two games in three four days, and um, two big games because they're one nil down against Sevilla in the um, Europa League, so they need to win tonight to go through. Um, so I'm going to just have a quick look at their lineup. I'm guessing they've got a strong one. Uh, yes, they do. Um, no Bowen though. I don't know where he is. We've done if he's injured. Um, he's injured. He's injured. He's injured. Oh, is he? Okay. How injured? <laughs> uh, I think he's going to be out for a few weeks, actually. Um, okay. Cool. Because uh, to be honest, you know, going back to that Cabo he's, Cup, he's out until April. April, he's out. Right. Yeah. Uh, going back to that Cabo Cup game, he was doing a lot of damage. Um, mm. He's one of the players that he's, he's strong in the ball. He's a strong runner. He's, he's got a bit of trickery about him. Um, and and he's he's always going to get he's he's always going to get the best of a regular on or Ben Davies you know that's the kind of side that he plays on, um so maybe that bit of encouragement, um tops, Sunday four thirty at home, against uh, West Ham what would you reckon what, what's your yeah. gut feeling going into the game is it another situation of traffic light FC win one lose one, or are we going to break the curse? I mean uh, it's a difficult game because. Effectively, I see it as a six-pointer. We're one game ahead of them. We're one game behind them, and they have three points ahead of us. So we, if we win the game, we know we're on the same amount of points to them, and we can kind of pull ourselves back into that race. We lose. Same amount. Of, we've got one less game than them, and we're six points behind. Do I think we win? Honestly, no, because we don't perform in games that we need to perform in. Uh, personally, even though Bowen is out injured, um, I'm looking at Antonio, who can't hit a fucking barn door. He's going to be visited by, by Dr. Tottenham at the weekend. Absolutely. He'll suddenly find some form, I imagine. So I really do need Kane to crash on Dawson or Zuma's head at the minimum. One of them needs to needs to receive it. But then I can't see us not conceding with Four Nouns and Lanzini at this point uh, against a cocktail of Chicken Royale number two <laughs> or um, fucking, you know, a regular Don at this point. So uh, if, and the way I see it as well, I just also need someone to just slow down fucking Pilau Rice. Slow him the fuck down. Just do anything to make his game difficult because you know that, you know, you're not going to get much on the technical side from Suchek, but the guy who's going to get on the ball like he did in the Carling Cup game is Pilar Rice. You want to slow his game down, make it difficult for him to dictate the play and then try get in behind them. The minute we can do so, I believe that we can have a, a fair fight in the game. But I just don't see us doing it. West Ham know that they've got a must-win game today and to keep them with any sort of um, a, you know, chance of, of being in European places next year, 
they're probably going to come to White Hart Lane on Sunday tired, but they're going to try and stifle us. May nick a goal from a set piece, and you know it's curtains from them. I watched them last weekend against uh, Villa at home without Bowen because I was kind of thinking that was a game that they could maybe slip up on. They were very good against Villa, very good against Villa. And they, even though it was 2-1, Villa scored right at the end, but it was a pretty comfortable game. So mm -hmm. I imagine it's going to be a difficult one for us. Do I think we'll win? Probably not. But uh, I'm hoping that we can just turn it on and maybe reduce this bullshit traffic light stuff that we, can, we seem to be doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, going to be interesting. Uh, <clears throat> Tottenham West Ham this Sunday, 4-30. Um, it's one of them games where you can never really call it. Uh, they do <clears throat> they do seem to turn up. They have been a bit of a bogey team over the past few years um, mm. <clears throat> in, in cup competition and in the league. Um, personally, for me, I can't stand them. My introduction to the NSO and uh, my first game review I had to do was after West Ham beat us, I think it was 2-1, I think, the Gareth Bale game when he came on, um, or it might be 3-1. Um, so for on a personal note, I hope that if I'm on the podcast next week, um, I'm finally celebrating um, a win over West Ham as opposed to the defeat that my uh, podcast career started with this time, right about this time last year. Um, guys, it has been great to have... Uh, the usual conversation, the usual analysis, the usual passion from you guys. Um, for those listening, for those watching, make sure you follow us on <clears throat> the usual socials. Um, we are on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I believe even Touchline are on, um, on TikTok. Uh, so make sure you follow the big bros over there. Um, follow us on our personals. Um, you'll obviously see reactions to the games um and also if you're interested in playing five aside um and representing the spurs the new spurs order in our touchline fives make sure you hit us up um send us a quick message um but make sure you're a baller um because we can't we can't be <laughs> we can't be soft without <laughs> hearing these street okay we don't know we don't need more we don't need any more chicken royales i've seen enough of those bro yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um it's been great owen tops uh, love for joining. Um, it's your boy Treb signing out. Peace. 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 On debut, Tungay on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.